Great. Good morning, everyone. Good to be with you this morning. Fantastic, isn't it? Good to be a little bit warmer, though. I was shivering up here in our early service. You know, you're shivering away inside. Probably people don't notice it, but you felt like your voice is shivering as well. But yeah, it feels a bit warmer today at this second service. So praise God for that. Okay, take out your notes. I want to talk a little bit about faith this morning. Every Christian is required to walk by faith. It is essential to the Christian life. Bible says that we are saved by faith, we walk by faith, we pray in faith. There is a shield of faith that is there for our protection. There is a gift of faith that the Holy Spirit gives so that we can do extraordinary uh, things for God. And uh, life is all about God wanting to take you on an exciting journey of faith. And so you may have a whole lot of weaknesses and funny little ways. Most of us have got funny little ways. You know, God can work in, in our lives in spite of these funny little th things that we have in our life. Yeah. But he cannot work in our lives if we do not have faith. And uh, without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. And so faith is so important. And uh, the best place that we can learn about faith is from the Word of God. Because the Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, today I want to look in the Old Testament. Uh, I want to look at the story about a lady called Hannah. And Hannah had a problem. She had a good husband who worshipped God. He was a good man. He took care of her. Her husband, Elkina, he had two wives. But the Bible says that he favoured Hannah. He gave her a double portion. She was the favourite one. And uh, outside, you'd think everything looked good about this lady, but she had a problem. And uh, the Bible says that the Lord had closed her womb. She couldn't have children. And so Alkina's our, our other wife, uh, Peninnah, she had lots of children. Uh, every chance she got, she would rub it into Hannah and, uh, you know, go on about all her children. Hannah's got no children. But Hannah never reacted back to her. But what the Bible does tell us is that she just cried and cried and cried at times that she just couldn't eat. She was so upset. And so let's pick up the story from there. It's in your notes, and it's in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. I think that's like really interesting. You know, like sometimes we, we, we just pray inside, don't we? And uh, like, it's almost like we don't count that as a proper prayer. You know, you've got to be praying out loud or something like that. But God hears. You know, whether you're praying with your mouth or you're just praying with your heart, God hears your prayers. And so it says here that Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of great anguish and grief. She says, I may have been acting like a wicked woman, but I'm not. She says, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I'm a woman that is full of sorrow. She's saying, I've got an issue with God. 
I've got something that I've got to get out of me. I've got this issue with God that I've got to get out of me. And I can't, because if I don't get this out of me, I can't receive what God has got for me. Let me tell you this morning, God cannot give you what you are asking for if you are just full of anger and hostility and unforgiveness and pride and and jealousy and, and, and envy. This is why so often we don't get from God. How can God fill something that is already full? Sometimes, you know, we've got to empty ourselves. We've got to get rid of some stuff. We've got to release all that bitterness and anger and hostility. You know, God says, I want to bless you, but first things first. And God can't do what we want until we do what he wants. And so Eli the priest speaks to her. And in verse 17, Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Notice what happens to Hannah. She gets this word from the high priest. And notice what happened. She'd been crying. She'd been acting like a drunk woman. When she got this word from the Lord, look what happened to her. There's a total change. In verse 18, she said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Let's bring this back to how we uh, act on promises, receiving promises, receiving words from God. And the first one point I want to say to you is that the promise begins with a word from God. The promise begins with a word from God. The source of faith is the word of God. All we need is a word from God. We don't need to see it. We don't need to experience a breakthrough. All I need is a word from God. God, if you give me a word, I will do it. You know, Hannah knew that, that if God had said it, it was going to happen. She knew that God's word was based on his integrity. That seals the deal. She knew God had spoken. She seals the deal. She gets up. Her countenance changes. She walks out. She's like a different woman. She's just out she goes. She could trust God's word. That's faith. See, what happened, we think, what happened to faith? Like we come to church. We come week after week, and then we walk out of church totally unchanged. How can we hear much, so much preaching and still walk out unchanged? See, the biggest robbery that the devil can do in your life is to take away your faith because without faith it is impossible to please God. And so God's word transforms us. You know, you may say, well, well, if God spoke to me personally, you know, if I had a voice from heaven, if I had an audible voice, then I would believe. She didn't have that. All she had was a word from God's servant, but that was enough. She, she took it. See, she, she, her countenance changed. She moved on. She left church that morning not looking like the same woman. Have you ever had a promise from God that has changed you? See, when she got home, even Elkanah, her husband, noticed a difference. Like, ooh, I got a new wife. Look, look what happened. Verse 19, early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah. And the Lord remembered her. And so in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for you. So Elkanai, he came, he did his part. And uh, with Elkanai doing his part, nothing would have happened. We found that, you know, God can't do anything without us doing our part. But Elkanai had done his part before and nothing had happened. And so we find, you know, that, that, that it's when we step out in faith, when we work with God, when we do our part and then God does his part, then we find that life is birthed. It says, and the Lord remembered her. 
And so a promise begins with a word from God. That's the source of our faith. But the second point is that the word of God must be acted on. The word of God must be acted on. This is how the promises of God come to pass. This is how faith works. We do our part, God does his part. We do our part, God remembers his promises. The Bible says faith without works is dead. And so when the promises of God are believed and acted on, then they become the power of God. Yeah. You, you can't steer your car while, while it's sitting in the garage. But if you, if you get moving, then you find, you know, once we're out moving, you know, once we're moving, God can guide us, God can steer us, God can add power to it, God can give direction to what we're doing. We get momentum once we're moving. Remember several years ago, we brought the um, Jehovah's Witness headquarters in Manuera uh, for $14 million, and uh, we had no money. And uh, I shared with the church here one Sunday morning that uh, Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, and he asked the disciple Philip to do this, and the Bible says that he asked this only to test him because he already had in mind what he was going to do. And I suggested to the congregation, those that were here back then uh, a couple of years ago when we talked about this, that, that um, you know, we should try and buy this site for $14 million, even though we don't have any money, because God may be doing, asking us to do this to test us because he already knows what he's going to do. Today, we own that property. See, there is a, a word of God has to be acted on. When Peter walked on water, he acted on the word of our Lord Jesus. But there's a deeper level of faith than merely acting on the word of God. And uh, Hannah, she's now got this baby. She's got this promise that God had said that she would give to her. You know, I, I kind of thought the real test of faith was, was when you don't have it. And, and I've got to believe for it. I don't have it, but I'm believing God uh, that it's going to happen. I thought that was the real test of faith. And that is faith. That is a good starting point, but that's not the real test of faith. The real test of faith is that when God answers your prayer, and then God asks you to give it up. When God gives you what you've been praying for, and then he takes it off you. You, all, all, all the hell that, that Hannah went through trying, trying to have this baby and, and, and now she's holding this, this baby that she had longed for so, so long. She's holding it in, in her arms and, and, and she has to give it up. She had made a vow to God. See, Abraham had the same test with his son Isaac. You remember the story there? And at 99, he finally receives this promised son, this miracle child that would have been impossible without God. And he had been longing for it. He had dreamed about it. It was carrying his whole dreams of generational blessing. And, and finally, it happened through this impossible miracle. Only God could have made it happen. And then God comes along and says this to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 2. It says, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. How could God ask Abraham to do such a thing? See, these are not just Bible stories that, that we're reading here. You know, this, when we're reading it about Hannah, this is a relationship between a mother and her child. Like, there's something about the bond between a mother and their child. You'd rather 
fight a wild animal than get between a mother and a child. You know, there's a, there's a relationship there that is so strong. And, and we read this verse here in verse 21. It says, When her husband Elkanai went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill, to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband, Elkanah, told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. And so she has this child at least for two years. You know, maybe longer, but at least for two years. That's a long time for a mother to bond with their child. But she had made this deal with God. She had, she had said, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. That was the deal. God, if you give it to me, I will give it back to you. So often we ask God for something, but we don't keep our end of the bargain. You know, say, Lord, if you give me this job, then I'll start tithing. Or, Lord, if you give me a second chance, I'll, I'll never do it again. Or, Lord, if you get me out of this, I will serve you. But after God gets you out, you know, you don't keep your end of the bargain. We have a church in Chennai in India, uh, and, uh, which is uh, Elam directly linked with us, and... and um, Pastor Sam is the pastor there, but he's gradually, he's my age, he's gradually stepping back. And his son, Osborne, is uh, taking the lead in the church there. And uh, Osborne's uh, just a, a great young man. But when Osborne was, was younger, he had a serious motorcycle accident. And it was life or death. It was very serious. And, and he cried out to God, and he, sa he said, God, if you get me through this, I will marry a woman with a disability. And uh, marriages are arranged in India, and so for those that have a, uh, a daughter with a disability, it's very hard to arrange a marriage for them. And God healed him, and he came through this. His father, Sam, Pastor Sam, was not very happy when he heard about this vow that he made because Pastor Sam has polio. And so he knew what it was like to live with a disability. And, uh, but Osborne insisted. And uh, so... Opportunities came where a, a, a wife could be arranged for, for Osborne, uh, but he always said no. He had made a vow to God that he was going to marry a woman with a disability. One day, a couple came to see his father. They said, look, we have a daughter. She is highly educated, but she cannot hear and she cannot speak. What we say, you know, they speak deaf and dumb. Uh, they, she cannot hear, she cannot speak. Do you know someone who would marry her? Pastor Sam said, my son will. So we've got a picture. We've got a little picture up there. There they are. They've got another child now. <laughs> Hopefully, they will be at conference this year. I've been trying to get them to come for conference for a few years. Each year, they have another baby, and it sort of puts it back. But hopefully, they're coming, and you'll get the opportunity to meet them at conference this year. And that's... Photo. I took that photo on Mount Thomas 
uh, where Thomas was martyred, the Apostle Thomas was martyred, uh, which is overlooking Chennai uh, there, an awesome, awesome couple. See, so Hannah says, when I've weaned him, I will bring him, I will keep my vow to the Lord. When the time came, she brought the boy Samuel, along with a three-year-old bull and some flour and wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord. How did she explain this to him? I'm going to take you to a place that you've never been before. I'm going to leave you there, and I'm going to travel home alone. How did she explain that? That would have been the hardest thing that she had ever done, but she had made a vow to the Lord. Verse 25, it says, When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live. I am the woman who stood here bes beside you and praying, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. And then she returns home without Samuel. And there's Peninnah, her husband's other wife, still surrounded by all her children. Hannah is there alone. She's finally had a child, but now he's gone. She's right back in the very same situation which she was before. Think, what was the point? Why did God take her through all of that? She finally has a child, and then she doesn't have a child. She's a mother, and then she's not a mother. She's right back in the situation she was before. Have you ever been in that situation where you've prayed, and you've asked God for something, and, and then God has given to you, it to you, and then God takes it away? How do you handle that? How do you handle that? See, this story was never about Samuel. This story is about Hannah bringing Samuel to the Lord. This is a story about giving God the first fruits of your life. Jesus said in Matthew 6, and Pastor Steve mentioned in the offering this morning, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. If you do this, you can never outgive God. See, when Eli prayed, said to, to Hannah, you know, he said, pray a prayer of blessing, you will have a child. When Eli prayed that prayer, it wasn't just for Samuel. See, God continued to answer that prayer for Hannah. She had three more sons and two more daughters. See, while Samuel was growing up in the presence of the Lord, she gave one back to the Lord and the Lord gave her five more. See, whatever you give up, the Lord says he will give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The only reason you don't get it is that first, you don't put first the kingdom of God. All Hannah could see was one child. God blessed her with three more. Hannah thought that Samuel was the child. He wasn't the child, he was just the test. Sometimes God blesses you to test you to see if you will take the blessing and then walk away or whether you will come back and bring it back to him again. Remember the story where there were, were 10 lepers and Jesus healed the 10 lepers. He said to the 10 lepers, go and show yourself to the priest. And so while the 10 lepers were walking towards the, the priest, they were healed of their leprosy. One of them looked, I'm healed. He said, I've got something I've got to do. He goes back to Jesus again. He says, I know I'm meant to be at the priest, show myself to the priest, but there's something I've got to do first. I've got to come back and thank the one 
who did this so that I can show myself to the priest that I am now healed, who gave me this opportunity. He said, I had to come back. And, and, and Jesus said, there, there were nine that were healed, but there was only one that was made whole. See, there is something about coming back to God again and being thankful back to God again that makes you whole. See, I thought the real test of faith was when I was struggling financially. I, I thought the real test of faith was when I was going through some times of, of, of opposition. But the real test of faith is not what you don't have or not what you have to go through. The real test of faith is after God opens up the door, after God gives you the blessing, after God makes a way, after he brings you out, do you remember God? See, when your business is successful, do, how do you remember God? See, when you pass your exams and get a good job, how do you remember God? See, when, when God brings to you, into your life that partner of your dreams, how do you remember him? See, when you get that promotion and that pay increase, how do you remember God? See, the earlier part was not the test because I, I couldn't do anything about that. Stuff happens in life. We go through valleys. We go through pressures. We go through trials. Stuff happens in life and and. We've just, it's faith. We've just got to trust God and trust that God will take us through the valley, take us through the rivers, take us through the fire. That's something we, you know, that is faith, but that's not the real test of faith. The real test of faith is once we've gone through that, do we remember God? See, Hannah said, I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to make a vow to God. This story here is not about God remembering Hannah, it's about Hannah remembering God. See, when I passed this test, you know, I wouldn't have this to give back to you if you hadn't first given it to me in the first place. This is a principle behind God's promises. He will bless people that he can trust. Matthew chapter 19, 29, it says, if everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. You know, I know there's some here that have been through great cost in following after Jesus. To be a Christian today is, is not an easy road. You are going against the whole flow of what society is going. I know some have been through tough times, have been through rough times, been through things in the past which have really been hurtful stuff that has really been, you know, knocked you around. It's been tough in following Jesus. But God, he said, the promise that God says to us, whatever you have lost in serving me, I will give you back 100 times as much. You know, whatever you have been through, whatever struggle you might have been through in serving Jesus, whatever you've given back to him, he promises, God promises, I am no man's debtor. I will give it back to you in abundance. Amen. You really some here today that maybe have been through some real, real tough times. You really need to just take it to heart and believe God. As you come and bring it back, be the one that comes back, be the one that is thankful, be the one that continues to worship, continues to praise, continues to believe, continues to trust. Be that person today. God will bring you through into a place of abundance. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for each person here, Lord, for the promises of God, Lord, that are over lives. Some that have lived and not seen the fullness of that promise which you've spoken. Lord, I just thank you for their faithfulness, for their service, for the, the way of God, Lord, that even today they are still here trusting and believing you and giving thanks to you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to take up our offering now for Vietnam. and. Um,